0: Welcome to the Chat With Your Kids podcast. I'm Marcy,
1: And I'm Alex. And we're here to help you tackle the biggest topics through little chats with the kids in your life.
0: Welcome to this week's episode of Chat With Your Kids. This week's episode is Chat With Your Kids about difficult family news. And it comes as a follow-up to our episode last week after releasing the episode i got a call from my sister and we were talking about how some of the topics we discussed related to family news right we talked about more global news um but there are also times when we have to talk to our kids about things that happen in our family such as uh illness of a loved one or a death or
1: losing a job yeah losing a job to move.
0: Yeah. Like
1: um, that, yeah. Just
0: like really any trauma in the family. And I know on a previous episode, Alex, you gave kind of a definition of trauma, um, but maybe you can give like a brief yeah. refresher. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So trauma isn't defined by the event itself. Um, I think it's really important. There are things that we might generally consider to be traumatic, but um, and when we're talking about psychological trauma, it's more about the emotional impact it has on the person. So Trauma, a trauma response is kind of an inability to integrate the emotions of the experience into our conscious experience. So really bad things can happen. The same, sorry, the same bad thing could happen to two different people and one person could not be very affected by it, but another person could find it like all but impossible to like incorporate or understand Or reevaluate that event um, and make it a part of their kind of coherent life story. And um, for that latter case, that would be what's considered uh, trauma.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And so often when we have like major things happen in a family, like we mentioned, um, it it, it does cause like a disruption. And um, often these things can be a trauma in a child's life. Um, And as we were kind of talking about this episode, I was saying how I just wish so badly that I could like protect our kids from having to experience this kind of pain. But um, unfortunately, there's just a lot of things in life that we can't fully control, but we can be prepared and provide our kids with the resources to to face these things with strength. Um, So I mentioned earlier that me and my sister had a phone call (laughs) about this, and I actually invited her onto the episode with us. So I would love to introduce my sister, Jenny. (laughs) Um, She is my older sister, and we um, will talk a little bit more about her professional life and how that relates to this episode. Um, but, well, first of all, welcome, Jenny.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to to be on here.
0: Yeah, we're excited that you're here. And I, well, first of all, I, I guess me and Jenny um, have recently, in the last couple of years, our family had some difficult family news. Um, and Jenny, was pretty closely uh, tied. I don't know what the word She's is. She's in a unique position. <laughs> position. Um, so I was thinking maybe Jenny could just share a little bit about family's story as of the
2: last couple of years. Perfect. Yeah. So um, part of my job and my career and professional life is I'm a mammography technologist. So my job is to um, take mammogram pictures to lose screen for breast Cancer. Um, and so, because this is something that's really important to me, um, my mom always comes in and gets her yearly mammogram. And I have done her mammogram for several years. So, about two years ago, my mom came in for her just regular yearly mammogram. And as we were doing the pictures, um, again, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the technologist that does the images. Um, but there was a little area that um when we were looking at it with the with the radiologist, with the doctor, um it just looked a little bit different and changed from the year before. And so the radiologist um, and I had discussed it along with my mom about doing an ultrasound to um you know, further investigate and um, kind of long story short, after a biopsy, it did come back to be breast cancer um and it was just a really different and like alex said kind of a unique position to all of a sudden have my professional life and my personal life um kind of merged together and to, the, to have those paths crossed um and it was really difficult being the child um and hearing that news along with my mom but also having to you know maintain that professional um balance as well and so yeah it was just a very unique um, experience. And it was really hard for a lot of, a lot of the time. Yeah. And
0: something that I, I don't know if I've ever communicated this to you, Jenny, (laughs) but, um, yeah, you know, obviously getting that news was really hard. And at the time I was in Miami, so I was, you know, far away from the family and it was hard to not be close to my mom. Um, when we got that news and as she started like treatment, but something that really helped me a lot in processing and just providing me comfort was actually like the knowledge that Jenny provided and just getting information about like what the treatment was and just what the plan was for our mom. And um I found that very comforting for me and just like having some information about like what was going to happen and, and what that would look like. And that's something, you know, we're going to talk about some different ways that we can support kids. And even, you know, I was an adult at the time. I was 28, (laughs) but that was, that provided me like a lot of comfort and helped me process during that. Um, And so we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of those ways um, after the reflection questions. But um, Alex also, I guess (laughs) not to like totally trauma dump, but, no, but in it's the spirit really- of just
1: kind of giving, I guess, context, like where we're coming from when we're recording this and some of our background, um, just hopefully it can be helpful to give some perspective. But, um, yeah, when I was 15, um, I had a stepdad who I considered my dad. And, um, anyway, when I was 15, he passed away in kind of a tragic accident. Actually, he was missing for 12 days and ended up having, um, died in in a hiking accident in a very remote place. And so, um, that's why he was missing. We didn't really know where he was. Um, and that, I guess it was very surprising, very sudden. Um, and when I, when I received the news, it felt like I was punched in the gut. Like I, I remember like exactly where I was standing. I was standing in the like right inside the front door of my house and a family friend had been supporting us. And, um, he was there. Uh, he was actually the one that delivered the news to me. And I like fell back against the wall and, uh, like slid down the wall to the ground and basically just didn't know what to do. I felt like the wind was knocked out of me, but, um, yeah, it took, it took time for my family to heal. It took time for me to heal. Um, and I think in that healing process, um, and by helping other people as well, like I've learned a couple things here and there that maybe hopefully we can share and contribute, um, to any of you who are trying to have difficult conversations about family news like this.
0: Yeah. And so this is a little bit different than some of our other episodes where, this isn't necessarily something you can always like plan for um, because a lot of times news like this comes as a surprise. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there may be like a death of a grandparent or something that you know is going to happen eventually if they are like not doing well or, you know, but it it's also something that to just kind of think about. So for our reflection questions, we kind of have some like reflection questions for now. And then some for like more when you're like in the moment of where you may be needing to talk to your kids about uh, yeah, a situation that's happening in the family. So the first question would be just like, how would I want my kid to take in this kind of information? And I think a lot of times when we're in the wake of tragedy, it's like hard to like, you're just, there's so much at play that you might not have like the capacity to think about this. Like, hmm, what's the best way to break this news to my kid. And so now might be a good time of like, when there is something like, think about each of your kids, right? Would it be best for them to receive this news side-by-side with their siblings or would it be better for them to have it one-on-one? And so to just kind of like take that time right now to think about what might be best for your children. So then in the moment you can say, Hey, wait, I've thought this through. I don't need to do the mental energy right now of thinking through this. I already know what would be best for each of my children, Um, you know, a quiet place, get them their favorite stuffed animal or like whatever alone with the, you know, with the siblings, whatever it is. Just, just kind of think about what would be best for each of your kids. Um, And then kind of we have some reflection questions for more like in the moment.
1: Yeah. So. <clears throat> um. Another one would be like, what is my responsibility in this situation? So like, what, you know, what's my role? How am I implicated in this? Um, like Jenny, for example, was in a very unique situation. Um, kind of remarkably unique, but you know, we might wonder when something's happening, is it, is it happening to me? Is it happening to one of my kids, uh, to a grandparent, aunt, uncle, like, you know, family friend, whatever. Um, and just by reflecting on that, it can help us understand kind of, I guess, our position and in the context that, um, like, we're approaching this from, like, what exactly is our perspective and um, how can we help our kids cope with it? I guess the closer it is to our kids, the um, more likely it is that there's going to be an impact. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And then I think an important question is just, like, how are you doing? I think when you're going through like a family tragedy or a difficult situation um, it involves a family right and so you are also entitled to grieving or anger or sadness or whatever emotions you have and I think sometimes we may even like feel like guilty like oh I'm not giving my child all that I can give them this moment because you are also experiencing like a difficult time and I think Um, it's easier said than done, but in those moments, like you give the best that you can give, like you probably won't do that conversation perfectly. Um, because you're also like processing yourself, you're kind of processing side by side where some of these other topics, it's like, I've had 30 years to process politics. I've had 30 years to process all of these other things. So I'm like maybe better armed to like dive in and help my kids process it. But a lot of family news, like you're doing it side by side, you're in the trenches together. And so I think give yourself some grace and, and if you can, like, you know, if you're like, I can't right now, like I need to take 10, 15 minutes and take care of myself. That's like, okay. Um, but I think, you know, if you're feeling extra guilt, cause you're not handling things perfectly uh, yeah. you're going through so much in these situations, like you can, take away that guilt and just say, like, you're going to do the best that you can with what you've got.
1: Well, and even I think part of it is like being honest with our kids about the how we're handling it, not to uh, you you like to mention how we shouldn't rely on our kids to help us manage our emotions, but we can be honest and vulnerable with them that maybe we're not handling it as well as we would like to. And like we need time or, um, you know,
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's it's like modeling. Yeah. I think there's a like totally a difference of like, we need to talk about our feelings with our kids. How Mm else are they going to learn to do that? Especially like we need to model. It's okay to talk about this scary illness that mom has or about losing this person that we love. Like you, in a lot of ways, you kind of have to be the first person to show like, to show them how it's done because Mm -hmm. it's hard to talk about these things, but it is like the most healing, you know, like it's, it's going to be like big picture, what's best. Um, okay. So kind of moving into like, um, out of the reflection questions into, you know, you have some difficult family news, whether it's a diagnosis or, um, a loss, whatever it is, some, you know, things to keep in mind and talking to your kids about these things. So, um, keeping their routine as best as you can is, is helpful and important. Again, um, that's not always like available to you, but as best as you can, just keeping some familiarity so that they, you know, if you can still give them access to the foods they usually eat or get them on their schedule or whatever it is that can be really helpful for kids, especially younger children.
1: Yeah. And the reason is that those things are kind of stabilizing, right? Like when kind of when we're talking about things that could potentially be traumatic trauma has the uh, the characteristic of like destabilizing our psychology like we can be like especially for a kid it can be it can unravel their sense of like security and safety and so by helping kind of the rest of life have this feeling that things are relatively normal it can help provide some stability to kind of cushion the blow or at least give hope um, that things can continue on um, even in the process of like grieving and change.
0: Like we have, we always mention is like making sure that the language you use is appropriate for your kids. Um, And so one example that we've talked about is like a illness in a family. So if, you or someone that your child loves or knows has like, you know, in our family, it was a breast cancer diagnosis. Um, the language might be really important. So, and you might need to do some teaching. So for example, um, saying something like, Oh, mom's really sick, (laughs) um, can be a little bit misleading and even a little scary. It might be better to give a little bit more of it, definition of illness that mom has an illness. Um, because then, you know, when the child is sick or they go to school and their, you know, teacher isn't there because she is sick, they may be really afraid. Um, whereas if we teach a little bit, the difference between a sickness and an illness that can kind of help that reassuring or comforting them. And similar to like we talked about in like the global news, um, Reassuring is important, um, but we also want to be honest. So, you know, if we don't know, like, you know, if they have a grandparent or a parent who has some sort of yeah illness and we don't know what the life expectancy will be, we don't want to lie to them. Um, we want to be honest, but reassuring in the ways that we can reassuring that I love you. Um, I will always love you. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, this kind of, this kind of goes back to, I guess the trauma piece that, um, there's a, a paper that I really like, um, that's a research paper, but they talk about trauma and kind of how to handle it, how to address it in therapy. But I think that some of the concepts are useful for this. So they talk about how like developmentally with children, parents often give a lot of reassuring words about all sorts of things, but those are the kinds of things. So like, you know, I'll always be here for you or something like that. Um, And those things are true when we speak them. Right. And they matter a whole lot to the kid because they provide the kind of stability and structure and hope for the future that allow the kid to be kind of like to grow and develop normally, to have trust uh, in the world and in their relationships to kind of be carefree and play and be spontaneous and whatever else um is good for kids um and the 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 issue is though that and this is maybe kind of morbid marcy and i were talking as we were preparing for this that like this is kind of a heavy topic but just the one of the realities of life is that there are kind of like very harsh difficult things that life can present us with things that are um I think we all face it in some way at some time. And so the unfortunate thing is that these difficult events can kind of unravel these, these messages that we've given our kids to help stabilize them, right? These reassurances, they can um, like, I guess the brutal reality of life is that those things can seem vain and trite and not real to a kid who's, like, if they've been told their whole life, like, dad will always be there for you, and then suddenly dad doesn't come home, like, for whatever reason, that can be completely destabilizing. Um, and so, <clears throat> some of this is, it's a sad and unfortunate reality, and it's, it's also an opportunity for us if something like that were to happen, if a kid were to feel destabilized or um, impacted by one of these Difficult events like adjusting our language to be kind of more in line with like realism and, um, yeah, um, is a way that we can help kind of shape our kids' expectations in a way that can help them kind of understand and reinterpret their relationship to this kind of like sad, harsh reality that they've now experienced. I hope that's not too sad and morbid, but it is. It's Could kind you of, give like an example? Sure, like, um. let's say yeah well we'll go with the dad example cuz that's no. <laughs> I guess that's what i've experienced but um yeah like you know believing that dad will always be there and then suddenly he's not um i think something that i had to learn was that um parents will always do their best to be there for you like i had to learn that um <clears throat> and so Something to say might be like, "I'll do everything I can to be there for you," right? Like, it's kind of open. It's a little cagey, maybe, but it's kind of honest too. That like, I who who knows what's gonna happen? Like the the undertone, like the subtext, is like, "I don't really know what life is gonna present us with, but whatever it is, I will do what I can to be there for you." Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have to be that explicit with it, maybe, but that's kind of what the message is.
0: Yeah, and I think like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, like, this doesn't necessarily mean, like, if you, like, living your day-to-day life, like, reassure your kids how you want to, like,
1: totally for yeah. instance,
0: like, Daniel Tiger has that, like, grown-ups come back, and I think that's a great thing to tell your kid, right? It really helps them with those small, like, um it's hard, that's, like, an important message for kids to know when they're having a hard time with, like, school drop-off, like, we have, our kids don't love going to um, school and that's you know an important reassurance that we give them like we'll be here at the end of the day grown ups come back. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well and the thing is like horrible things don't always happen in childhood. Yeah. And so it's so it's good to, to be, give the reassurance. Yeah, like you
0: can tell the kid that school drop off. You don't need to be worried like, oh no, is it gonna like ruin their lives if something happened to me today? But I think like being aware when your kid has, like I think just like how the language may change after your kid has experienced some sort of like loss or Right. trauma or something like, um. and I think like a good example is like your mom, we were watching Daniel Tiger and that episode with your mom and she kind of chuckled about it. And she's like, most of the time. Right. And like, and that was kind of her like coping skill, like, right. Like making, you know, with something that your family had experienced. And so I think we should reassure our children, and we don't need to like tiptoe around it. But when we have experienced like a trauma or disruption, then we can say, "Okay, what changes do we need to make?" If that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that does not mean don't reassure your kids. Definitely, <laughs> like let's give the reassurances they're good for our kids.
0: Yeah. Um. So another thing that is important, and I think this is like kind of just applying the chat with your kids model, is kind of, I think, helping, like, prep or set the groundwork beforehand. Um, So it's not just, like, waiting for, like, something bad to happen. Um, Like we kind of had mentioned, we don't necessarily, like, we don't want these things to happen in a family. It's tough for everyone. We want to protect our kids from them. And ultimately, we can't control everything, but we can give them, like, coping skills and strategies to, like, cope in the, you know, moment and things following happen. up when things happen. Okay. Um, and so really, like, following the chat with your kids model, I think, is going to be so important of, like, establishing that relationship, being, an like, having an open line of communication and teaching them to label their feelings, checking in with the, them frequently so that when something happens, it's not new, but they, like, know, like, we talk about this, like, I'm there for you um and so one yeah go
2: for it no go for it say one thing when I was listening to the original like or the first podcast um about like the difficult news kind of going along like with this is I think it's important maybe with the older kids like your teens when you're reassuring them that you're also specifically more like related to my field right with the with an illness um and some type of diagnosis whether it's breast cancer or, you know, another sickness, but knowing what resources your, your kids are looking to, um, you know, social media or any really any source on the internet, there's a lot of different information on out there. Not all of it's going to be correct. And some of it can also be really scary. Um, You know, I think a lot of the times when we hear the, like the word cancer, for example, everyone kind of automatically thinks to, um, you know, someone having to go through chemotherapy and losing their hair. And, and that might not always be the the case. Right. And so I think it's really important that first you are being educated and aware of your like sources so that you can help your kids, but then also checking up with them and saying, you know, what, what have you, what are you thinking about this? Or what do you know about this? And double checking, you know, where they're going to. Mm-hmm where they're going to for their um, resources, right? What are they looking into? So I think that's an important thing to kind of help with the reassuring part.
0: I love that. And I love like, it kind of goes back to like, what was really helpful for me with like, with mom is like, I think it's so important that we give kids as much information as they can hold, right? Like, A young child, like, doesn't need to know all the details because they just can't hold all of that. For instance, like, our kids know, you know, that grandma is very strong and she's fighting against this illness. And, like, that's kind of, you know, that she's working closely with doctors who um, are going to help her, you know, get this illness out of her body so she can be strong and healthy. Because like, you know, that's Everett at the time was two. (laughs) Um, and as we've kind of talked to him about it since then. Um, and I guess we've never really told like the, the finishing part of our story, um, which is that um, you know, our mom, she didn't go through chemotherapy, she went through surgeries to remove the cancer. And she's done that twice now and she's cancer free. Um, but like I mentioned, just kind of knowing about like what they'll go through. So like, even, and it's similar with younger kids, whether it's, you know, it is like a loss of a loved one, even kind of letting them know like, okay, like what the plans are, we just giving them a big picture of like, we're going to have a funeral where we're going to tell stories about grandpa. And maybe even getting some like, you know, is there anything you want to do? Do you want to draw a picture? And then we're going to go to a place where, you know, we're going to bury him and like just kind of giving him that big picture and just checking in with them all along the way. Or, you know, yeah, if it's an illness, explaining to them the physical changes they might see and to as much as they can take in or process. And even just, especially if they're older, checking in of like, how much do they want to know? Like, do you want to know, uh, like, you know, all the details of the surgery and what they'll be doing, or do you just kind of want to know that I'll be getting surgery to remove it or whatever. Um, with a move again, kind of giving them a timeline or giving them ideas of like pictures and like just giving them information I think can be so helpful. And like you said, and then just checking in on, because I know that like, whenever I get news or I'm going through a hard time, I just like look on the internet because it's just like, it gives you the sense of control. So I love that, like checking in mm-hmm. on that. Um, before we go to conversation starters, as we are kind of wrapping up, um and one of the, the main reasons that I did want to have Jenny on is because, so like she mentioned, she is a registered licensed mammography, mammography technologist, and she's also an adjunct mammography professor, um, and she's also a global educator um, with the foundation Know Your Lemons, um, which provide information about preventative health care and breast cancer screening. And so, because this is something that is really close to my heart and um, because it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I did just want to have Jenny give just some helpful information on um, just breast cancer and catching it early. Perfect. Yeah.
2: So um, thank you. Yes. Breast Cancer Awareness Month is very important and it's, it's good to know that um, I think the biggest thing is, is we are more aware, we're more educated, and like you said, we can hopefully make sometimes these family tragedies a little less difficult um, if we have more education and more um, awareness. So, um, for women, the recommendations are to have a yearly mammogram starting at the age 40, um, and that the only the only difference would be is if you're considered high risk, um, then we also add breast MRIs along with that. Um the other thing in in between doing your yearly mammograms, we recommend doing monthly self-breast exams. And the Know Your Lemons has a great free app that explains how to do a, a self-breast exam and and when the best time is, and it has a great kind of Audio and a visual of walking through of how to do one of those, so that's a great resource um, for women. The other thing that I thought was really, as I was listening to the episode before and was really pertinent, is that the we're finding breast cancer earlier in um, younger women more and more. It used to be kind of a, a illness or a disease that was in older, kind of postmenopausal women, and now we're finding it in women much younger. And so, I think there's a lot more families that are going to be having these difficult conversations with younger kids as breast cancer diagnosis is happening earlier. And so, again, that's all about being aware of your body and what's normal for you. And if you see a change, definitely be an advocate for yourself and talk to your your doctor about getting other tests that are needed to make sure that you are okay. So that could be a um, an ultrasound or an MRI along with a mammogram. The other part of this is most people that are diagnosed with breast cancer don't have a family history of breast cancer, and so that's a huge misconception that we have in our field. And so it's important that even without that family history, that you're getting your yearly mammograms. Awesome,
0: thank you. And I think this is kind of like a meta moment, of like chat with your whoever, <laughs> chat with the women in your life. And so I think if you're hearing this, and you maybe if you are 40 or older, and you're a woman or you have someone in your life who you love, who is a woman who is 40 or over, now is a great time to start a conversation. So if it's like your mom just saying like, hey, I listen, I think that use this as your conversation starter, right? Like, hey, I listened to this podcast the other day and I actually learned that you're supposed to get a mammogram when you're 40. How, like, what's it like? <laughs> or like, have you gotten one lately? Or, um, you know, hey, do you want to go get mammograms together?
2: Whatever, <laughs> make it like a social event.
1: Um, mammograms and manicures
2: I mean, mammograms <laughs> and manicures like as' I say, my favorite thing is I have patients all the time come in whether it's like moms and like their daughters so obviously the mother's a lot older or sisters or friends and they do they make a a day of it they're like we're gonna go get lunch after and I think that's such a fun way to take a not fun exam and turn it into a, a thing that's important so yeah I love the more that we talk about it and our open about it, um, the less taboo of a subject it is and the, um, better it will be for everyone to have, you know, more early diagnoses if we are more open about it. Yeah. I love
0: that. And I think if you're a man listening to this, like, I think we don't have to keep this just like, oh, conversation the women have, right? Like you can say to your mom or your wife or whoever, like, Hey, um, I was listening to this podcast. I care about you. Go get a mammogram or, you know, what's that like? How can I support you? Um, and I actually learned recently from Jenny that men can actually get breast cancer as well. So it really is. It's not just even isolated to one gender. This is a topic for everybody.
2: 100%. <laughs>
0: awesome. Um, well, thank you for that. And I think that's super helpful. Um, So to finish up, we kind of wanted to talk about just like conversation starters with difficult family news. And so the chat with your kids model, we kind of talk about, it's like this ongoing thing, little chats here and there. We do recognize that when you're sharing, you know, family news, there may be like one more formal conversation where you're like breaking the news. Um, And so with that conversation, again kind of like we said just reflect on like the best way for your kid to receive that and it kind of depends on a lot of things like the news like if it's like a smaller but still huge thing like you know moving is so huge it's totally like you know depending on if you have a kid who is loving their life and you're gonna pull them out of their school and everything like that's still huge right um but it might be different than like if you know a loved one passed away. So just being like mindful of like what that setting would be, like how it would be best received from your child. Um And so I guess this is where it should not be like one single formal sit down conversation. It should be really like established as a conversation, like opening to what should be an ongoing conversation.
1: When it comes to like having the formal conversation there's there's there is going to be this kind of initial sit down or however it goes down but this initial like marcy said breaking in the news but we don't want it to be just like here's the news um and then let our kids kind of go off and figure out what to do on their own um like i mean for example when i was 15 lost my dad found out about it the only thing i really knew how to do is like i just went up and played video games i just like was numb and just sat there in my room and like, that's the thing that I had. Um, and later other things kind of got incorporated, but um, I think for us in the parent situation where we might be breaking the news to our kids, whatever their age ages um, considering kind of what coping skills do they have available in addition to what coping skills do we have available. And then along with breaking the news kind of, coaching or collaborating about okay like what can we do now that we know this like what what can you do individually to kind of cope with this what strategies or skills or activities do you have available to you to manage these emotions what can we do as a family to kind of heal and work through this together um I think that's a really important part of that conversation
0: like that, like making a plan. And it really could be like, I loved how you gave that like metaphor of like processing and like eating food. Like it might be in that initial sit down, like the plan is like today, we're just going to get through the day. Like you don't have to like make your like five month like healing plan, right? Like it might just be like today's plan is like, just get through the day in any way we can. And I'm gonna check in with you tomorrow night, and sometimes let's, you
1: just gotta eat this plate of food.
0: Yeah, like, and let's see, like tomorrow night, let's check back in together and like see what we're doing, and maybe we'll talk a little, or like, so you can do it bit by bit. Um, like I think you gave that example of playing video games, and I think a lot of adults, like, you know, you would see that reaction to something so difficult, and you might be like, "What in the world? Like, how could you be playing video games right now?" Right, but I think recognizing that, like, kids are going to process and handle things differently. And of course it like probably wouldn't be okay if like that's all they did to, you know, in response to a difficult family situation. Right. But if we see that a little bit or just initially, I think we can allow kids the space to like face things how they need to face it and then go in and start like providing those skills and kind of just pushing in the support little by little, allowing them to still handle it like in their kid way, but knowing like they just, they're a child. They don't have the skills to process big things on their own. And adults, we don't really either. (laughs) Nobody really does, right? Um, So I think just being mindful that, that they will need a lot of support, but it can just be like an open conversation, you know, little by little
1: that's pretty much this is mostly this episode is kind of like a primer I would say to like having these kinds of conversations because there's all sorts of issues that people can be confronted with that might include divorce or bereavement or whatever Mm -hmm. else yeah um, I think
0: like a lot of these topics could be their own episode Uh, this is just like yeah like you said like a primer. (laughs) um well before we end Jenny is there anything that like because I feel like when we're on the show, we try to give lots of examples to a lot of different ages. Um, But we, you know, keeping in mind that we know our children are young, we have toddlers. Um, So you have a toddler, (laughs) Um, Jenny's son is the same age as our son, Everett. Um, And then you also have an eight-year-old. So I'm curious, like, um, you know, especially with your older child, like, what are some ways that you have found, like. I don't know, just like ways that have, like, just ways that you connect or just kind of like apply the chat with your kids model of like, just connecting or giving her the opportunity to like, know that you can talk. I don't
2: know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think the biggest thing, and I've heard this in your guys' podcast before, is is letting your child lead, Um, specifically with my older one, she's eight, Um, when we've had, you know, difficult news in our family or just difficult situations in general right if she's had a hard day at school and um I've asked her you know hey like I can tell something's you know upsetting you or you know you're you're sad about something you know what what can I do or you know what do you need and there's been a couple times where I wanted to sit down and talk to her about things and she was like I want some alone time I just want to be in my room for a minute and I was like, okay, that's great. Like, I'm glad that you can communicate that. And I said, okay, I'm going to just sit out here outside your room. And when you're ready, um, let me know. And I'll come in and we can talk if you want to, or or, or we don't have to. And um, like two minutes later, she'll come out and say, okay, mom, I'm ready for you to come in. I want to talk now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a huge thing is anything like this. of We're all going to process it differently and want to process it differently Um, And so letting, being respectful and letting your kids kind of tell you what they need, right? You might want something different, but really we have to make sure that we're as a parent doing what's best for them and letting them be the ones to kind of say, Hey, this is how I want to cope. This is how I want to deal with this or process it. Um, And as they get older, they can definitely communicate that to you more. Mm. I love that. I love that too,
0: because it's like, in some ways it's like, I feel like there's all those jokes like, oh, like I wish parenting came with like a handbook or, you know, and it's like funny because like no two kids are the same and like parenting is just like a big mystery. But I love that like example of just like letting your kid lead because like in a lot of ways, like your kid is the handbook. (laughs) Like if you listen and you're paying attention, like they will tell you what they need, like not always. And like, Sometimes what they tell you, like, no, you don't need 14 gallons of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but like, obviously, but like, I love that example because like in those moments, like that, that probably really is what she needed. Like, I just need mm-hmm. a little space. And then like, now let's, let's do this together. So like, I love that, like respecting it, like hold her, you're listening, you care. And, then, yeah, you were able to have that conversation. So that's awesome. Well, that is it for this episode.
1: Thanks for joining us, Jenny. Glad you could be here.
2: Thank you for having me. It was fun. Awesome. Well, as always, um, thanks
0: for joining us for Chat With Your Kids. And you can support the show by sharing the podcast, leaving positive reviews, and staying connected with us.